Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. We get set for a fun Libations Friday, loosey-goosey edition of the Jeff Cameron Show that gets you into a long weekend, Memorial Day weekend, all that good stuff. All right. All right. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. There's Director Matthew. Hope you find this show as you tune in, uh, find this doing well, I guess I should say, right? If you're watching on WarChant TV, don't forget to like and subscribe uh, to WarChant TV. And if uh, you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. So there we go. There we go. We're all set. Knowles lose. Knowles fall uh, yesterday to Notre Dame. Uh, and so it is that we move to the postseason for Florida State. And uh, if you think if you think back now on the last uh, six games of the season, you know that Florida State has only themselves to blame. So what we will find out is ESPN 2, I believe, 12 o'clock on the 30th of May, a few days from now, uh, where we're playing, whom, whom, whom we're going to be playing against, uh, which teams are in the regional. But Florida State won't be here. We're sure of that, pretty much. And so they fall 5-3. Come up short with a comeback attempt. Messick was not great in this game. The long ball is what bit him. Uh, did give up a bunch of hits. Uh, didn't walk anybody. But the aces have not been the aces as of late. And it's really the one thing that you could count on with this baseball team through much of the year. They are not able to count on that right now. It is uh, of note that uh, uh, this is a roster that is terribly flawed. And at, day, at times you can, you can see the potential, especially in the younger players. They've got a lot of good young players. But in other areas you see that um, – they are the king of the empty at bat, and uh, I've talked about that a lot. It's so funny, Tom. I think with advanced metrics and all the other ways over the last twenty years that, and now they're not advanced metrics anymore. Now they're just kind of standard operating procedure. The way you assess players, utilizing more numbers and having more information, is a better way to judge, especially when you get out from under sort of the. The, the the dumb luck part of baseball, right? You know, sometimes, like, I remember when it started, when we started looking at batting average of balls put in play. Kind of really revealed to you in a given year that if you married that stat with, say, barrel rate or uh, MPH off the bat, like, so how hard hit baseballs, right? And you would see some guys who are just getting screwed in a given year. I mean, they're barreling it up. You know, twice as many times as somebody else, and their batted average is 40 points lower. You're like, okay. So you're squaring things up, and they're going right to people. You just can't catch a break. Other guys, beyond reason, just finding green grass on balls that aren't hit hard. And, 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 and so we got, we've gotten so much better with the information of assessing the players. Um, but what that's done is allow you to insightfully look at A-Bs. And, and value them accordingly. Like, all right, do you, do you move runners over? Right, not all outs are equal. And we knew that before, but we know even now, more now. Discerning, you can really look at a lot of elements of an at-bat and decide whether or not it was a good at-bat. You can have a great at-bat with a poor result. 
And you could have a terrible at-bat with a great result. Right. A strikeout after 13 pitches, is, especially leading off an inning, yeah, is a, a great at-bat. Yeah, it's a great A-B. You'd come into the dugout and you get dapped for that rightfully so. Strikeout on three pitches with a runner at second and nobody out. My man, we're going to need to move the runner over here. We're going to need to put the ball in play. We're going to need you to take the bat off your shoulders. So there's just different things that, like, you can make that out. Fly out to right center. He runs over to third. That's a, a really, really good at bat. I mean, we'll take that, right? But Florida State, this team in particular, has a lot of empty at bats. A lot of ABs that you're like, mm, that was not the approach that I would have taken here. Like, I, I, I'm not even playing results. The approach, you were trying to pull that ball. We need you to hit the ball the other way here. You tried to pull a pitch two inches away. That's it. Not only is the result bad because you swung and missed, but what were you trying to do? Where was your head at? You know, and so this team does that a lot. They do a lot of things that the out is the out, but it's not the out. It's it reveals the mindset and the approach to be off. And I don't know, you know, you're all hunting, everybody's hunting a fastball. If you get one on a 1-0 count. I'm going to need you to put the bat on the ball. If Cooper Cup defeats double coverage on a 40-yard shot down the field, that'll happen. Even though he's not 6'5", that'll happen every once in a while. If you send the house in a tie football game inside of two minutes <laughs> and, and he he's wide open and he beats a linebacker or a safety or whatever, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, well, that's fundamentally a flawed approach to this. That's where the offensive coordinator tips the cap to the defensive coordinator and says, thank you. Yeah. Are you? Did you just do that? Are you on the take? Well, we had that with the draw uh, or the screen on the Fuller Blitz. And I remember uh, you going, oh, oh. Well, we're not going to be able to trust uh, anymore. Is that like 4th and 16? Or 3rd and 16? 3rd and 16. 3rd and 12. <sighs> it was wow. a tough I had forgotten about that. Yeah, oh, no, I hadn't. That one still pisses me off. But he had a great second half to the season, so yeah, we're going to let it go. Yeah. You're not yeah. going to get them all right. I'm just saying that, that that was a curious decision. Right. It was sort of that classic draws and screens, man. Yeah, well, that's what our run on third and long, right? But here's the deal: I was, I remember thinking, so he doesn't think that I'll blitz because he knows that I know that it's likely a screen. But what if I do? <laughs> like that's it. You're like, no, nah, man, don't try to outthink the room. No, don't no. do that. <laughs> Playback yeah. draws and screens, yeah. and if they try and throw a hail mary, yeah. well, you're, you've got it defended. Yeah, you've got yeah. it defended. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, that, that is, uh... Now, the problem is, if you have somebody supernatural like a Dalvin Cook, remember the Michigan game? Oh, Third and well, forever? Yeah, and he makes that guy miss. Also, that was a terrible angle. It was. You terrible need help. Terrible angle. You, but then he could also help himself in a way know, that most couldn't. You can't pinch there. What are you doing? He's gonna bounce. And Dalvin Cook was not on the field in this particular instance with Fuller, yeah. No, so. no. Big, big, big difference there. So, Florida State uh, does fall. And, you know, I got to tell you, uh, the, the, that's not surprising. The disappointment I have is that I have yet to find, and I've watched intently, I cannot get a good NBA playoff basketball game under my belt. There's been like three the whole playoffs. They're so. all ass-beatings. And I, I think that some of the uh, series themselves – in, in terms of length or potential for uh, upsets, and, and there have already, obviously, when Phoenix got bounced, that was a big upset. But going through all this, that, that some of the results have been interesting, but the games, the NBA has to be so mad at itself. It's not anything fundamentally flawed with the league, it's just the way that it's 
in the, the ball's bounced. Yeah, because you could argue parity is much higher than it was oh, five, six years without ago. without question. Yeah. Without question. And Boston's going to win this series against Miami. That series is over. Boston is the much better team You see there. the money line tonight? It's crazy. Uh, no, well, Boston's favored by what, eight? No, but the money line is Boston minus four hundred and twenty-five. Uh, the series is over, though. And Holy I, hell! If you watch that game, if you watch this series, you don't even know how Miami has won a couple of games. Uh, so it's like that. They're, they're very different teams there, and it has to do with your second and third options and injuries. It and also has to do else. with Boston's health, or else the series would be over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I do think we're going to get a great finals uh, because I think Boston's equipped defensively to slow Golden State way down. And I think that could be a fun series. I also think that from a brand standpoint, this is really kind of cool. Like Boston being an all-time great franchise. Uh, it's them and the Lakers are the two greatest franchises in the history of the NBA. It's really not close. The Lakers are interesting, though, because they're one of the great franchises in all sports, period. But mm -hmm. then they're also one of the most embarrassing franchises. Because when they go down, they go down. they're not mediocre. Like, they are a laughing stock of the league bad. Yeah, when it anyway. goes south, when it goes south, it goes yeah. south. It, I mean, it really, really does. It's not hyped up by tabloids. Like, it is legitimate news story worthy. Like, holy crap. Yeah, you're like, well, they suck. They're not not good. They suck. There's infighting yeah. to the uh, you know, well, nth degree. Uh, and this is very specific this year, obviously, to uh, some of the decisions they made there. You, you talk about taking the chances they did. It's strange. Um, but you think about the Magic I mean, what, Johnson what, saga a few years ago, the Phil Jackson, Jeannie Buss thing. I mean, what a disaster. Yeah. No, no, no. I know. Well, you're right about the parody being what it is, because what I would tell you is that Phoenix, you know, they're you, you can't win 64 games and not be highly uh, thought of and uh, believed to be a, a powerhouse. I mean, that's, it's not 70 games, but it's 64 wins. And to get bounced unceremoniously the way that they did, that is a, that is a shocking development. And, of course, we're, I mean, this was obviously weeks ago. But what I'm saying is, to your point about parity, that's interesting, right? That, that's fascinating. Like, all of a sudden we had a right turn kind of moment – I do think we're going to get the series we want. Like Boston Golden State is right. a great series. So there's the going making. to be like nine or ten compelling playoff games. The entirety of the NBA slate, which is the opposite of the hockey, it's been great, largely yeah. speaking. Yeah. And uh, six of them are going to be in the finals. You know, six of them are going to be probably in the NBA finals. And we just haven't had because Memphis the gave us a few things, but they've been gone for a month. You know, they gave us a couple good games. Well, entertaining finishes. Memphis is a fun team, man. They're they're a team that like if you don't have a team, you're kind of just, yeah. Who do I pull? I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll watch me some Memphis now because mm -hmm. they're fun as hell to watch. And not only that, they got a lot of what for to them. It's beyond jaw. I mean, like they they play hard, they play smart, they play together. They they have complementary pieces. They find ways to win when Jaw's out without a problem. I mean, they they they're tough, uh, and they're young, so they you know that, that's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. What's difficult is, you know, the East. You could say maybe Boston and Miami a few years back, like the beginning of Miami's big three. But the East really hasn't been more interesting than the West, top to bottom, in maybe 25 years. The yeah. West seemingly always has more character to it, more characters, plural, in teams. The East is, you know, there's one powerhouse and maybe a second fiddle. But when I was growing up in the 90s, I mean, yeah, the Bulls were the Bulls. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, the Bulls were the Bulls. But the Knicks had a personality to them. The Heat did. The Hornets did before Zoe left. The Pacers did. The Magic did. I mean, you really had all kinds of options every year in the Eastern playoff picture. 
I feel like the East is always the, oh, they're on tonight. Cyclical, though, because I think that Toronto story was an amazing story. And that story out of nowhere for them to win the way that they did, to, to ante up and put the pieces in the middle and decide we're going to do this, we're going to go ahead and make a run at it. No, that's fair. They, that I was mean, a fun. The East produces some fun teams. But and I'm Milwaukee saying, last year was a really fun But team. I'm saying the Western Conference playoffs for 20-plus oh, years has yeah, been yeah. more it's, compelling yeah, than the by, Eastern Conference by, by playoffs. And large, by and large, it has. Yeah, it has. I, I think that's accurate. Um, even this year, you know, like like when you get down to some of the teams that you know can't win it, like – Utah is still kind of interesting, you know, and, and right, Dallas right. is an interesting team. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll grant you, yeah, Toronto Philly was an awesome series, and it ends on the most amazing way. Yeah, but. it was a great series, and and Milwaukee making the run that they did to win a championship was awesome. Yeah. And Giannis yep. is a as fun a player as there is in the league, and so that 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 changed things. And Boston now resurrecting again, the ghosts, the echoes, all that stuff, and they defend, and they've got a lot of guys they that do defend. They well, they defend in waves too, and they're they they have a superstar. They also have some really unlikable guys. So it's just it's all there. But then they have Al Horford, you know, who just keeps on going, and who, by the way, has probably won us all over oh, despite yeah. being a Gator. He was likable when he was a Gator. Like you uh, look at well, that. Oh, that team. Easy. That team was annoying as hell. But yeah. you're like, eh, Horford's all right. Like in the moment, you're saying he's okay. He's a great player. Noah, of course, no. Mr. White Boy Buckets from the logo. Didn't like him. No, I didn't like Brewer. The no. no, 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 no. Yeah, Horford was Horford the most was like, likable yeah. of the bunch. Yeah, he's just a tough player. He's really tough, and I think that uh, it is, uh, you know, as I, as I am getting older to see anybody who is considered old by the standard of the league they play in or the sport they play in play that hard every night and play that good on defense. It's crazy to be 35. It's not the offense. Like, the offense, whatever. I mean, a lot of offensive guys carry that skill late into their career. So if you're a shooter, you can shoot. You know, if you can get to your spot on the floor and you're comfortable, you can make a lot of shots. Defensively is where you see guys just fall to pieces because, and I say this all the time when I'm watching our Knowles to bring it back home, when you're a great defensive team, you are eminently likable because you it means you care deeply. Because to play great defense, not only do you have to play off of each other, you have to be able to switch, you have to have guys who can play versatile roles, but you have to want to play great defense because, damn it, man, there isn't a lot of glory that comes with it, and you have to move your feet a lot, and you have to be willing to take shots. I mean, to take body blow after body blow to play great defense. If you're going to slide and share, then you're going to you're going to wear shots. Well, to use an analogy you haven't used in a long time. It's almost like the long distance runner's mindset. Like you've always oh, said man, that I, you look at a signpost, you're like I can't get to the next one. I just got to get to this I one. I got to get to that one. A good defensive team doesn't see the post. They just keep running. You know what I mean? I, like I, they, they don't think about oh, I need just to get to this tree limb. And if I get to the tree limb, then I then I'll worry about it next. They don't even see the tree limb. They, this is what we do. I'm blowing right past all this stuff. You tell me when to stop. I think a, uh, I, I think defensive-minded teams are fun to root for in an era where offense is the video highlight, and that's true of any sport. Like home runs take precedent over web gyms. Right, that's why you saw the uh, that they, they tend to for, do for the masses. That's yes. what I'm saying for the masses. Yeah, that's I love I, a good web gym. I do too. I, this is my point. Like I'm more inclined to celebrate and get excited about great defense than I am great offense. And great offense is what is celebrated. That's true in football. We see it all the time. So, you know, in, in professional football in particular, it's all about a quarterback that can throw for 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, and complete 68% of his passes because the rules are set up for these teams to do just that. Even what I would consider by 
yesteryear's standards, meaning skill set, there are average quarterbacks that throw for 4,600 yards because they can because you're not allowed to hit them and you really can't touch the receivers. So if they have some weapons around them and they play a good game of check down and they got a guy like McCaffrey who can make everybody miss when you do check down, well, man, you're going to pile up some yardage and you're going to look better than you are. Um, So I really love it when I find in a game of offense a defense that can lead the way. I think this team that we're about to have at Florida State is going to be led by the defense, clearly. And I think there's a lot of consternation that is born from that because in the game that we now know uh, is so reliant on offense, we feel like we're deficient. But we used to be deficient in both. And the second half of last season kind of taught us that we can be pretty good on defense and we may be even better this year. I know we don't have an elite pass rusher. I know we don't have a, a, a guy that changes the game the teams have to double team and all of that like we did a year ago. I mean, that – and we couldn't have guessed he was going to be that. But we have more pieces balanced. You're less afraid about getting beat one-on-one over the top. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you feel really good at safety. I think you feel decent at corner, good to decent. Uh, I think the linebacking core, we just talked about this yesterday, is better. I think the defensive front's pretty good. I don't know if we're going to get a great pass rush. I am worried about that, even a good pass rush. But I do think that the balance of this defense is what game in and game out will give them a chance to be in it and have and give them a chance to win some of these 50-50 games. And they have a ton of 50-50 games. They have a ton of them. I feel like in third and long we'll be okay. And I know that's that sounds strange, but I feel like you've got guys who can pin their ears back and go. I'm worried about those middle downs. And who the do we put downs? on the Yes, yeah. who do we like if McClendon and Verse are on third and twelve and on third and twelve, I feel uh, good that we're yeah, gonna yeah, get yeah. pressure. Yeah. But if it's third and six, like do you want to put both of those guys out there or would you rather put Warner out there because you know that on one half of the field you're gonna play it responsibly and the other half of the field you might be a run and gun type? I saw Verse play with good leverage in the beginning of spring, but I feel like both he and McClendon really are trying to sack the quarterback first, second, and third options. And Warner is probably not capable right, of doing right, that. Right, but right. what do, what do you want to have in third and six? Do you want to have security or do you want to have an attacking mindset? So that's where I think that's going to be fun. I found out – I'm going to share a couple of these. Uh, it, it, we did a college sports book, Matthew and I did this morning. It will be up later today. Uh, I found – do you realize how fortunate we are right now? I, I, I did some research and found out that the I, – because I said to myself, now maybe it's because in the last few years I've gotten much more into uh, sports gambling. It's also become more accepted and legal, well, period. More couth? Well, 30 states have legalized. You can go nuts. You can gamble all you want. Where the hell are we? Well, we were there, and then we screwed it up. We screwed it up along the way. Screwed up the end game, Tom. You know, you yes, that's right. Thank you, Charlie Wilson. Mm-hmm. You would think Florida would be at the forefront of debauchery. Well, they were. Given our reputation. They had it. Only in illegalities. How about a legal way? (laughs) Thank you. Rest in peace, Louie. (laughs) I actually nailed that one. Um, Yeah, very frustrating. But it will get there. It's going to happen. In the interim, luckily, many other states are all good with it, and we know people in those states. And we know guys that get down regardless of the laws. New Orleans gets down now. Yeah. That was a surprise. So it's exciting. It's all there. Now, what I'll tell you is what that's led to is more in-the-market options. So there are more books than ever before. You don't have to go to just New Jersey or Las Vegas. Right, more strange bets. So what's happened? 
everybody's in a rush for week zero, week one lines. They're all throwing them out there. And this is where people get sloppy. This is where you have a chance to take advantage of their efforts to get out in front and try to, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to take bets. And, you know, FanDuel and Circa and obviously DraftKings and all these places that, that you're finding. I'm finding lines for games in October. I'm finding, like, I just got done picking Utah against Southern Cal. And, and no, it wasn't just a win total. No, I know. It was uh, three and a half. Yeah, they're getting – I was shocked by this, right? So yeah. you can find some of these marquee games of the year type bets that are out there because so many people are rushing to market. And I found one uh, that I'll tell you about in a second uh, that involves an ACC team. And in my research to make the bet, I, I really I started thinking about the ACC and thinking about where this team is and where we could be compared to them and mm. you know, our lot in life. So – Pitt is only given six and a half to Duke. I hear you. I didn't see that. No. Oh, no. Was, that's a wild guess. And if I nailed it, oh, I would have run around the studio. Well, that would be a low number. And yeah. I would give that yeah. six and a half all day long. But that's not close to it. And also, I, I saw a game with Arkansas that I liked. And you can do the Woo Pig Sue when we get back. That sounds good. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. On a libations Friday. Let's have some fun. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Delicious Friday, Lucy Goosey rolls on. Thanks for the good wishes, well wishes, happy entries into the program today in the chat. Everybody's in a good mood, it looks like. I see you, Jimmy. I see that there's a four-star offensive tackle from Oklahoma that's hit the portal at six foot eight, three hundred and forty-five pounds. That'd be good, wouldn't it? That would be good. I'm sure we're on it. I'm sure he's also like, yeah, no, so is Alabama. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but we can give you 50 bucks in ones. So then you have 50 of them. What, for the strip club or? I mean, for anything. For, for, <laughs> they might offer you $50 bills, but we can give it to you in singles. So you have more. Uh, it feels like it you feels have more. more. So, you know, I would tell you that uh, I, I think that uh, there's, there's the need to be ever prepared early in the summer. Which, thank goodness, man, because that's content-related. That helps us a lot. And now that there are all these books that are itching for our money, these lines are getting set, and that can tell us a different story. Like, what does the bet tell you? What is the story? What does the line tell you? What's the story of the game? Our good buddy Joey always points that out, right? Tell the story of the game. Right, yes, and it tells you, it fills in the blanks for you because it's not like you've got a bunch of inside intel on what's going on in Baton Rouge, for example. And so if the LSU line has crazy movement, and it's not its not happening in reality, I'm just right. saying that... You're using this as an example. Don't yes. everybody run to Shreveport. Right. If you saw that the because line... you can get down to Shreveport, by the way. 
Yes, you can. Yeah. At one and a half, oh, you can get real down to Shreveport. But if it gets down to one and a half, <laughs> then you say, oh, oh, well, look at this. Something must be happening. There must be chaos afoot. I thought this was going to be well over a field goal. What's wrong with LSU? Good. There's dysfunction. Oh, you can hope. Yeah, you can hope. I, um, I'll tell you that that line being four made me feel good about uh, Florida State plus four. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I you can overcome so. four points. That's called coaching. Well, yeah, and and if you're if you're gonna keep it to within a field goal, then why not win the game, Tom? Why not win the game? Yeah, I'm here for it. You're allowed to win the game. You can surprise folks. You can pull the upset. We did, you know, for after years of me and Corey Clark yelling to the football gods and others that, uh, you know, you're allowed to win the game. Just because you're an underdog doesn't mean you're not allowed to win the game. Upsets, as the gambler knows, happens all the time. They happen all the time. Frustratingly so or exhilaratingly so. And if you dare to be greedy, you know, there are darling teams every year. You know what that means? They've upset more than one other opponent. They've upset multiple opponents. What's going on in insert your college town name right here? Mm-hmm. There must be some magic in the air down there. That was our national championship opponent for the 2013 title. They weren't picked to do anything. And rightfully, they were dead and buried in multiple games. And they found a way to win them. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we could go to the playoff or anything crazy like that. I'm just saying, what's going on down in Tallahassee with two weeks to go? They've got eight wins. Oh, wouldn't that be a conversation? Oh. Wouldn't that be a conversation? So, speaking of LSU, no program brought in more experienced out of the portal, uh, more experienced players out of the portal than Brian Kelly did. Um, if you look at snaps. The Alabama slammer? You look at snaps gained, the most in the country, by over 1,000, over 4,000 more than the third most. Like, they went crazy. And... You know, you think about all the guys that they lost, and then you look at what they've brought in. It is kind of fun to kind of figure out what it all means. I guess you would debate that until you figure out. Look, I think their defensive line looks pretty good. I think figuring out who's at quarterback, three-man battle, they didn't get any clarity there. Uh, Offensive line, interesting. There's still enough talent that this should be fascinating. Uh, But they are a mystery, and I hate that they are because I want certainty. I've not uh, really necessarily gone down that route. But what I do know is this. NC State's going to be good. And they play East Carolina. And I couldn't believe Circa put that at eight. Oh, okay. Eight? Really? I North Carolina State, just so you know, and maybe I was looking at these sorts of things, seven and one in their last eight games against American Athletic Conference teams. That's where East Carolina resol- re- uh, resides. Uh, that game two years ago in 2019 was 34-6, to NC State. NC State returns not only an elite quarterback uh, or a very good quarterback, uh, they also um, have, what, one, two, three, four all-ACC honorees on defense back, including Corey Durden. So the consensus number, if and I looked at all of the books, is 10. Circa has it at 8. Tom, find you a bookie that lets you get down at minus 8 and jump on that all day. They're going to beat the brakes off of East Carolina. Yeah, but what you're saying is 
that the number of 10 is even wrong. That's what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a two-touchdown game. See, East Carolina, this is what happens. This is why. The reputation for that one upset once in a while. Well, here's what happens. The, the, the reason for the, the opportunity to jump into the market here is that East Carolina won seven games last year. They had their first winning season in over six years. Now, people see that seven and five, and they're like, East Carolina, it's seven and five. They had a great season. Well, did they? They found a way to beat FCS foe College of Charleston by like in mere, like, I think it was three, something like that. Is that they, so? They barely won late against an FCS foe, Tom. They had another really close game against a terrible team, so they kind of – I don't see it. It was a cheap 7-5. and five. That's what you're saying. It's a cheap 7-5. and five. They're not real. They're a fumble away from being 6-6. Six and six. I think Houston's done a very good job, the coach there, of uh, getting this thing turned around in the right direction. Houston but not, nut? It's Mike Houston. Oh. It's Mike Houston, Tom. Mike Houston's done a good job. Nice job. Again, winning season for the first time in over six years. But when you barely beat Charleston Southern, you have a couple other really ugly wins. I think the one over Navy was ugly. Listen, that was a 2-8 and eight squad that they beat there. In that situation, this really screams more like a five-win team. NC State could win the ACC, Tom. NC State could win the ACC. I'm going to take the dominant Power 5 ACC potential champion to knock off East Carolina by a lot more than eight. That's a look-ahead line loving from Jeff for you all out there. Go ahead and see if you can get that. Shop around, everybody. Coach Houston from Carolina. East Carolina. That's right, East Carolina. Mike Houston. Right. He's the nephew of uh, South Dakota. thought it was North Dakota. South. South. North Dakota was his brother. <laughs> uh, fun, though. Isn't that fun? That was. I. You know, the thing is, I'm laughing but you're you're so well researched at this point in your gambling career that I don't need to fact check. It's like asking Jimbo how many yards did Tony Dorsett rush for in 1977, yeah. right? Or something right. like that. Yeah, that I'm sure 98 percent of what you said is like spot on. All of it is spot on. I said. Well, no, you were unsure about how many points that East Carolina beat oh, College or whatever. That's yeah, the two percent. Yeah, yeah, that's two percent right there. Yeah, but that's not important. You're saying that it was a one-score game or oh, a pitiful pull- final, a pitiful result. Yeah, they barely pulled it out. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, these things can happen, but I just I feel good. I feel good about. <laughs> They're going to call you Mr. May or Mr. June. This is where the value you- is, man. <laughs> this is where the value is. You've got to get after it while you can. And because people are putting out numbers for these look-ahead games more often, there are more opportunities to bet on games in May than I can ever recall. Now, that's for two reasons. One of them I already explained. There are more states that have legalized gambling, more entities that are ready to accommodate, right? Like we're Oh, really? Okay, we can get it on. We're going to get it on. And... There's a race to to get our money. There's a race out there to get our the betors' money. So these lines are like Circa is a little late to come out with their number. FanDuel's number came out a couple weeks ago. There's a few others. So tell me about Arkansas. What's going on there? I'll do it next. Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. <laughs> Yeah, 
does make me mad, by the way, circling back to that NC State team that I was just talking about. Corey Durden, first team All-ACC honoree at back. Man, golly, that – damn it. He was good if he tried. He didn't try here. He didn't try a lot, but we got to find a better way to bring that out because he was too talented to allow to just roll on Big River to NC State, who we have to play. And he kicked our ass. I agree. Because our center was on roller skates. That's a complicated question to answer, though, because Odell is has been here through thick and thin, and he didn't want to play for Odell. So what do you make of that? How's he playing so well for NC State? Was it that Sometimes the Willie Taggart experience, was that toxic? It could have been. It, it could have affected, well been. broken the bond of Odell and Durden? You know, that actually was the most – It's you bring up something while well, we allow for a peek behind the curtain for folks – you know, that's really when those of us in the media, because I got the Willie Taggart thing wrong. I got it completely wrong. I thought he was going to be a good hire. And one of the reasons that he'd be a good hire was that he had proven himself to be a good recruiter. And recruiting takes relatability and, and uh, you know, you have to have a, a – and you can do it a lot of different ways. You can be a guy's friend. You can be a father figure. You can be a disciplinarian. You can be a player's coach doesn't really matter. There's a lot of different ways to get it done. And I didn't know what Willie's style was. I, I, I didn't presume any of that. All I knew was that he had done a good job in recruiting, so I assumed that that would carry over. And if you do a good job in recruiting here, then you win big. That's just the way it works at and Florida State. Even if you're not the guy, you're going to leave the cupboard full for the next guy. See, Ron Zook, right. Right, right. So that's what happens, right? You get, you get here and you have access to better players. And then you're a good recruiter. And even if you're not a great X's and O's, one of my best friends, a dear friend of mine that uh, uh, lives out on the West Coast, is an Oregon graduate. And when we got Willie, he called me. And he's like, well, you're going to have a love-hate for Willie. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. That was first guest. You told me that before. I did. I yeah, did. yeah. I said, why? And he goes, well, you're not going to be in love with game day. I was like, really? He's, he's like, yeah. He goes, that's a mess. Or walkthroughs. Well, we didn't know that at the time. But he's like, you're not going to be in love with game day, but you're going to like other aspects of what he brings to the table. It just depends on who he surrounds himself with. And all that was pretty accurate. But where I, So I got it wrong. And uh, what, I, what I didn't realize, this is where I think those in the media began to really second-guess Willie in a, in a quicker time frame than you ordinarily would. And I get how that looks, and we've already we don't need to relitigate this. We've already had this conversation. Um, it was when players, veteran players that had been here, that um, can really I think they know the truth. They know what a guy is or isn't. Right? They know when they're being BS'd. They know when uh, somebody is uh, not cutting the mustard or big timed. Yeah. Yeah. And we started hearing from players that they didn't believe in what was happening here. And Odell Higgins is a guy that did not believe in what was happening here. Now, that's a guy that was looking at Willie going, man, I've seen everything under the sun. He was a great player. You know, you think about his time with Coach Bowden, Coach Fisher, all of the assistants over the years, the different guys, right? And he knew what was the truth and what wasn't. And now he didn't say this publicly, but I think you could sense there were people that thought like he did, like, 
this ain't it. This ain't it. This isn't going to work. How about that? How, that's a better way of saying it. What you're, this isn't going to work. Yeah, I, I don't know specifically of which you speak. All I know is that I heard rumors, separate whatever you're talking about, that um, if Willie was around, Odell would he, not o- have Odell returned. was not coming back. Yeah. He was not. Yeah. And so I just think that once that happens, then you're off. So what happens when that happens? When people find that out, when players don't believe, and you talk about not playing hard for somebody, this to answer your question, there it is. If the head coach isn't somebody they can buy into and believe, they don't have to like, but they don't. They have to believe in what it is. Not only they're saying, they're they're preaching, they're teaching, and they're implementing. They, you have to believe in this program mantra. And the results will come and go. You might have some wins, big wins. You might have some big losses. It might be moments of great pride and disappointment, everything in between. But you got to believe in that guy. And if you don't think that guy's the truth, if you don't think he's the real deal, then position coaches have no chance because the head man isn't believable. And I think that answers your question as to Corey Durden, who's just dealt with the toxicity of those moments and was kind of like, man, I... We didn't blame a lot of guys at that point who decided to get a fresh start. We really didn't. No, and that's where Marvin was a hero before he was the anti-hero. You know, it, he was the kid who wanted to play hurt, and Odell's as the interim coach yeah, crying at the dais because Marvin wants to make sure that you know things are assured for a bowl. You know, like that was that was the deal. deal. Him, yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting to to watch how that's played out. That is why. Or was that the Jimbo time? Well, either way, whatever it was. No, but that's no, but that's why you cut bait. That's why it happened so soon. Is when yeah. all of a sudden the players and the coaches, some coaches alike, are like, mm, I don't know about all this. And we know of other people specifically who are within the organization. Somebody who's not any longer here. Who's like, that ain't it. This is not going to get it done. Oh yeah, yeah, not yeah. going to get it yeah. done. And I remember thinking, God, I really respect this guy's opinion, and he's not the kind of guy to fly off the handle and just say something to say it. I mean, he pulled me aside and was like, no, we got problems. We got problems. That was in, that was in year two, early on. He's like, we got problems. You need to put in a public records request for uh, the walkthrough on the road at X game. <laughs> because guess what? Yeah, they, they, won't, you, they won't be able to give it to you. Yeah, when you start getting things like that. When, I'll tell you, you guys, this is funny, and, and then we'll just move on. When personnel, people who work in the athletic department and for a program – for a coach, when they seek you out, not you, seek them out, they seek you out and say, hey, have you checked this? Have a good day. Good to see you. That's when you're kind of like, oh, people are they're laying it bare. They're throwing it out there. And then you make that decision. You know, obviously, uh, the, the surface level stuff, it looks terrible. What it did do was open the door for some other guys who hadn't gotten to their third year to get fired as well. That's where it changed everything. That's true. Yeah. Our boy at Liberty, hey, hey we got to roll on Big River. All that weird stuff. There were other, there were weird factors. The game changed. It was already on the verge of changing. We just happened to be the wrong side, certainly of the PR battle on that one. But one one thing that I thought about all that at the time was like, man, looking back, we got guys that are really loyal soldiers rolling up, going, why don't you talk to so and so? <laughs> oh, well, should I? That's the kind of thing a, an athletic department might tell you. Yeah, if they were in yeah, trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they um, might say changes are coming. That's also the thing that, that when you when you store that away and you move on to future regimes. So Mike comes in, 
It's hard, you know, not to win the press conference. He wins the press conference. It's an over-the-top sort of preacher thing. Um, but you're like, okay, well, you know, it's going to be a little fire and brimstone. At least he didn't make crazy promises like winning the national championship in two years. And so you're just sort of sitting there thinking to yourself, all right, well, let's let's see. Now you know certain questions to ask, certain people to talk to. You also are observing very closely certain individuals that were uh, a little frustrated by the previous set of circumstances. And those guys, like, do they buy in? And so when you go through the losses like we have, like we most certainly have, and you're waiting for that, that other shoe to drop and it doesn't drop, then you go, okay, good, good, good. Am I missing something in the chat here? I haven't been watching. No, sir. I'm not looking at all. I just see you, and I was worried that you were. No, you're good. I know. I know why you would think this particular topic might be like, hey. Oh, I'm not worried. Full alert on the chat. No, it's Live Nation Friday. We're having a good conversation. I'm not overly concerned about it. It's just that sometimes I don't look at it, and maybe I need to. And uh, oh, you'd know. It it wouldn't be like a smirk. I'd be like. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Come today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. You never leave on your own. Where you're from and where you're going. I know these things like I know you hate me now. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Still trying to get that pool into shape it's memorial day what are you waiting for there is nothing wrong with asking for a little help from terry's pool service summer is here your family is expecting to see a backyard paradise with green water yellow pollen and a collection of who knows what in the corner you'll need help and fast needless to say terry's pool service will save your pool check them out at terryspools.net or call 850-580-7334 because you never know when you're going to need them. How's your pool? It's ready. It's ready. Warm enough now, right? Oh, totally. I've been in it for uh, good exercise swims. Haven't done a hangout at the pool yet, so that'll be coming soon. Quite the opposite of the exercise swim is the hangout. Yeah. And that's the much more enjoyable pool pool experience. It is indeed, although once you get in for the exercise swim and you're not, you know, just panting and, and covered in sweat, yeah. that's also kind of a weird feeling, but cool. Yeah, the post-hardcore swim is nice because you just float. Right. Yeah. It's a good deal. And it is, as you know, we talk about it you, with the rowing machine, too. It's it's as close as you can get to swimming, but it's just a total body exhaustion. Exhaustion. Awesome. Swimming's hard. I think swimming yeah. may be the hardest. I think swimming's the hardest of the things, of the things man. I think <laughs> yeah. swimming's the hardest. It's really brutal. Uh, the Sugar Bowl has been moved off of its usual primetime spot. Now to noon on December 31st in order to avoid conflict with a Monday night NFL game, Tom. Uh, the bowl schedule is uh, is out and about. Not that everybody's racing to that, but since we're going bowling this year, we should check out what that schedule looks like. Bowl season's an actual Twitter account, at bowl season. Really? Yeah. So is the pinstripe bowl, has that been made uh, public yet? Because that's what I'm eyeing this year. Can we get to the pinstripe bowl? Well, I got to click on the sheet here, Tom. It's, it's, it's awfully small. Wouldn't you want to cover the pinstripe bowl? In New York City? Yeah. Of course I In would. December? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, the Pinstripe Bowl, I see the Arizona Bowl, which is uh, not what you're looking for. Where the hell is the Pinstripe Bowl, Tom? There it is. It's in the Bronx on December 29th. Interesting. Okay. December 29th. I like that, though. 
Same day as the famed Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando. Mm. That's the Herbie Bowl. The Duke's Bowl in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina for the crappy mayonnaise. Uh, El Paso, Texas, just by definition, not where you want to be for a bowl game, but they're on the 30th. That's the day after, just so you know. I feel like the media gift, not that that matters, but the media gift oh, for matters. the Pinstripe Bowl is like $5 off your New Era 5950 selection. That's what it's going to be. Well, we know what it is. We did it a year ago. We had a big time with it. We uh, No, the media gift, not the oh, player gift. Gosh, I really do lament, uh, lament the status of the media gift. As a member of the media, we have been slighted for several years now. Yeah. At one time, you got leather... Uh, carrying cases, computer carrying cases. You had, I mean, hell, I, I have some leather bags from 20 years ago that are unreal, like $500 I, bags. I know. I know. I was envious of that when I first took the internship. Like, look at that. Look at that bag. We get those? Yeah, we used to. No. Not anymore. Here's a straw. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with